When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. And on Friday's show, we will be more than happy to cover this week's CinemaCon with all the big news going on there and lots of big news going on at CinemaCon right there. I can tell you that for sure. Plus as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Be part of the continuing conversations that they have each and every day on the Lakers at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, you got the good folks at lakerholics.com with the articles that jamie sweet for those five things and even more right there for you plus laker tom putting out all those great trade proposals and also a lot of suggestions as well and his great articles and opinions right there for you at lakerholics.com plus our good friends at the hoop heads podcast network if you can support all that hey it is sincerely appreciated and big shout out as always to our youtube commenters and youtube followers and youtube viewers we've gotten a lot more followers in the recent days so truly appreciate even in the off season that you're still following us right here at the lakers fast break podcast (sighs) still fishing still in cancun are the lakers but you know what the lakers still seemingly like no other nba team even in their off season still does everything they can to try and garner a great share of the news that's going on right now and I know a lot of people this week are really enjoying having a lot of fun at the expense of the Brooklyn Nets, but there's still a lot to talk about when it comes to the Lakers. And first up on the list that we talk here today is some rumors that are about there that Eric Pincus, Laker Tom's favorite guy that's out there, kind of shared out there in, in the Twitter land and internet land and Bleach Report and all that. According to sources from Eric Pincus, that there's now an internal blame game going on with the Los Angeles Lakers at whose fault it is for the problems within this season for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
I think the, the blame goes all around. But you know what? The guys here have something to say about that. But first up is the man indeed behind the Eric Pincus fan club. It is the man behind also as well, Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here, my friend. You have read the rumors and, you know, between Eric Pincus, Lake, Laker Nation, Laker this, Laker that, there's rumors flying all around. Is this one not so hard to believe? For me, I say no, because seemingly everybody wants to go ahead and forget. It's like the Brooklyn Nets right now. They all want mm-hmm. to not face the truth on exactly right. what went wrong this season. Yeah, it's it's hard for players to admit what's wrong when when things go awry and and there's and frankly there's so many things that went wrong this year that that it's pretty hard not to not for the blame to wipe off on everybody um what's kind of strange about this is that you had first you had all of the things that lebron was doing during the all-star celebration to to sort of you know make us think that geez things aren't going to be right with the lakers and that the clutch and clutch and lakers alliance is falling apart and so forth and then you had magic. Then he had uh, LeBron come back and just completely put that to rest and say he was going to retire a Laker and uh, and everything was they were on the same page about this and that. And, and then little things come up, you know, where all of a sudden there's talk about the Lakers don't want to give up draft picks, don't want to trade draft picks. They'd like uh-huh. to keep both of the draft picks. Um, and then you know you you see all of these various things come up and so forth and. I don't think I don't think any of them really matter. You know, LeBron saying that, or the, the really more more abundant surmising that maybe LeBron's going to go on a one year contracts like he did with the Cavaliers. I don't see them doing that because I think, and I and I do like Eric Pincus, but I actually I'm really in the uh, Jovan Buha fan club at this point in time as as the favorite Lakers insider and reporter. But the one thing I think that's really important for the Lakers is that they're going to have to make some big decisions. And I don't care who you blame. Clutch may have, Clutch is obviously Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So they may have pushed really hard for Russell Westbrook. But Rob Polinka said it himself that the job is, comes down to him making the decisions. It's not anybody else's final call. It's his final call. He made that clear. And even if he wasn't going to come out there and broadcast it to everybody, that yes, that means that I made the final call last year and I should be the one to blame. Um, it's fair to, you know, to to put the blame on his shoulders. And he's going to have to make up for it this year. So he's one of the fortunate people that just because Russ's contract turned into an expiring contract and there's a bunch of people who've got longer term bad contracts on their books that that we're probably going to be able to we're probably going to have a good chance to trade him and uh, Polinka will have a chance to get a mulligan and hopefully hopefully not screw it up this time and do it right you know and um i, I think also probably you'll see clutch lebron and ad specifically backing up a little bit on you know on they're not going to push like they push for russ for somebody else uh, they pretty well understood that situation. Um, and there's enough clicks to be gained by writing a story about, you know, how Clutch is to blame for this whole thing because everybody loves to hate Clutch almost as much as they love to hate LeBron. So um, I don't think it's any big news one way or another. I happen to believe that 
when I happen to believe that the Lakers and Clutch are on the same page and, and, and that we're going to see a pretty unified effort that, you know, maybe we'll hold back one draft pick, but I don't think we're going to see the Lakers like they did at the trade deadline, turn down deal after deal because of not wanting to include a draft pick. I think that there's a good chance that they'll include both draft picks. And there's a good chance that we'll end up with, instead of a $47 million for the three starters next to LeBron and AD, we'll end up with, a, instead of $47 million for one guy and then, you know, and a million and a half for the other two guys, we'll end up with, you know, three players probably making around 20 million. Um, they'll be maybe overpaid. They may be injury prone, but man, they're going to be like 15 to 20 times better than the minimum salary guys that we had out there or than Russell Westbrook. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it being a good summer for the Lakers. And, uh, I, I think that, I think that we can be a championship team if LeBron and AD can return to championship form. And if they do that, then, you know, there's a wide range of, of who the other 12 players on the team have to be in order to win a championship. So funny because Alan says, Laker Tom is dropping the hammer tonight, baby. You know what the problem is? <laughs> when does Laker Tom not drop the hammer? And we'll just leave it at that. But also here today to talk about the Lakers and what's going on, the situation out there, the infighting, the supposed rumors, the innuendo, everything that's going on in Laker internet land out there. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his five things. He was actually here second. I had a little bit ahead of Joe, I think, from what I remember. But, you know, we're going to put him on here because I know he's going to be leaving here in a few minutes anyways. It is Jamie Sweet. Uh, Joe, thank you for your patience, by the way. But, Jamie, good to have you back, my friend. Good to have you here. Look, that's a great smile on Joe. We don't see that enough from Joe lately. So that's that's good. But, Jamie, you're here. Your thoughts on the internal battle supposedly that's going on i've seen your comments on social media in regards to this in regards to laker nation and all that stuff and the fact that you constantly troll the laker nation followers from what i'm seeing but i mean well yeah no you you do you can admit admit it you do you do you kind of do but your thoughts on this internal situation going on there truth or rumor or a flat-out lie when it comes to the situation going on internally at the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, first of all, I'd say that troll is a strong word to use. You troll. So, I've, no, seen your, I've seen you it, know, man. I, you, know, I, you know, it takes a troll to know a troll then, Gerald. That's all I'll say about that. I'm not going to say uh, anything on that one. I'll, that's I'll right. Plead that's right. I plead the fifth. Five right. stars. Five stars. Five stars. There you go. Five for five. Uh, go Angels. Go Angels. They're up 6-2. Listen, you know. Go Yankees. Wow, wow. They're all all of our teams are above five hundred. There you that's go. That's right. That's right. There you go. Anyhow, they're eleven and six. More, Until Trout gets hurt. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Or judge decides to not play because he didn't get his contract extension. Which is the most they, insane they thing the Yankee management has done in five years. Anyhow, point being, I you know, in a way it doesn't it doesn't matter, I think, at this point, what anybody on the outside thinks. What matters is that the internal dysfunction is real. I think at this point, right? Like leaks like this don't happen. Yeah. Well, and it's like this started when, and it's, I don't think it's much of a surprise. This started after Kurt became a special consultant (laughs) last season, the season before when it was just Rob running the ship and who knows what Linda's role was. And after, you know, Kobe passed away, it was 
a tight ship. There were no loose lips. And, you know, the Lakers, granted, were leading the conference at the time. Everybody was healthy. Health was on our side. You could argue that Kobe's passing acted as like sort of a shield to the franchise and that that's what everybody wanted to talk about first. And then COVID hit and so on and so forth. But since then, since everything has come down to injuries, since Clutch and LeBron and company pushed for Wes, uh, Russ, and now here we are, we're not even playing and we're still hearing whatever, you know, scuttlebutt is coming from whomever within the organization and i think that pincus is reliable enough a journalist that he wouldn't just publish clickbait he doesn't need yeah. to publish clickbait he's not that level of reporting. he's the op- he's the opposite of he's that. the opposite of that yeah. yeah so anybody i don't i disagree completely with anybody who says like well pincus needs some hits pincus don't need hits he's fine Eric Pincus is doing just fine. We need hits. That's right. So we should start publishing some scuttlebutt is what I'm saying. Uh, oh, my God. Later, Tom hear? will be oh, will be the next general par- managing partner. of the. I world. overheard Rob Palinka. That's exactly right. That, that's about. Joe Lotto is the next Kurt, GM Kurt of the Los Angeles but this, The problem is, is that there's obviously a lot of internal discord. There's a lot of discord between the franchise players and the franchise. And this is what all. happens when you lose. Well, and it's also what happens when you kind of tie yourself to one sports agency. You don't have the ability to, like, disassociate. You can't ignore what Clutch wants because you are the Clutch. You're the corner market that is, like, clutch, Clutch's products. Every you're, superstar the sto- you're the storefront. Every superstar has an agent. That's every not the superstar one. Has Do they all have the same control. agent? Do they all have the same agent? No, and that's the point. Oh, we don't need one agency running the Lakers. We are not an eight. We are not a talent agency. We're a sports franchise. That's a whole. And we should run ourselves. Like a that's franchise. a whole false narrative. That's going. It's not nowhere. a false narrative. The false narrative is that it's we're not holding the clutch. It's a narrative that won a champ- <laughs> won one championship already. Without that's that, not the narrative now. Sports, the Lakers do not have seventeen championships. Yeah, we have sixteen. So that's one. I think that's like two more than Clutch. Uh, at least two more than Clutch has won. Oh wait, Clutch, the sports agency has won zero. So that's fantastic. That's a great comparison. No, this is the point: is that we are overly reliant on Clutch Sports. That's as you know, '80s trade value has never been lower. We're not going to get good value even if we trade LeBron. We're not. This is the reality of being a Laker fan right now: is that you are watching a franchise kind of toe the line between what it wants to do, what it should do, and what outside forces want it to do. And that is not how any business is run intelligently. Nobody who runs a business is going to tell me, yeah, but then, like, the union wants us to, like, do this thing. And I don't know. It's not going to make us money, but, you know, it's the union. We should do it. Nobody runs their business the way the Lakers are running their business these days. And that is the problem. The problem is that the Lakers are not doing what's best for the team. And this is going to come back to the coaching search. And I'm going to lead Joe into this one. We're not going to pick a college coach because a college coach isn't going to, LeBron isn't going to listen to a college coach. It's never going to happen. And so this is, they're going to pick somebody who they think has championship pedigree or has knows what the NBA environment is like. I think they should pick somebody like a college coach because that's like a fresh voice, fresh ideas moving in a new direction and maybe even somebody who can evaluate talent a little more accurately than the front office seems to do lately except for when it comes to people who don't get drafted so uh, you know i think the lakers are running themselves into the ground the way they have sort of lashed themselves to the mast on clutch's ship and we're going down we're going where that ship leads us it's not rob's not in charge 
Number 18. That's Rob's not in charge. It. it won't be with LeBron on the roster. I guarantee you that. It will not Number be 18. with LeBron on the roster. Okay, we'll see. I'll bet you $10 right now. Have I just told you guys how much I love our differing opinions? And so do our viewers. <laughs> I just It's been noted to me in the past week about YouTube, from YouTube and also other viewers telling us, we love the differing opinions and the and the back and forth that goes. I mean, on. they're all well reasoned. I think everybody's got an intelligent point. It's not uh, that I disagree with a lot of like Tom's theories. I just agree disagree with the idea that to just like go all in with Clutch. Like, let's get Wall in here too. Let's get like who, who else is on Clutch? We got THT. We got Wall. We got LeBron. We got AD. Half these guys can't even see the court for half the year. Uh, don't say that, Jamie. <laughs> you're in, in your mind. You're you're telling Laker Tom, Laker Tom. I truly value and appreciate your opinion. I do, but. But you're wrong. So <laughs> that's exactly I'm what I'm saying. I'm kidding, like a Tom. But we'll also, get, we'll have another star. We'll have another star from 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 Clutch. Very likely. It won't oh, be a good likely. thing. It won't oh, be a good thing. Ben Simmons. There you go. All right. And also here today to join us on the program. Keep that quitter away from us, please. We have yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I figured it was one of the topics. Out no there, quitters so. allowed. All right, is also here today. Good man indeed. He's known as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is the man indeed, Mr. Joe Soro at Joe Soro5 on Twitter. Good to have you back, my friend. Missed you on Sunday, but glad to have you here. Want to hear your thoughts on this? You hear the internal strife that's going on. I don't think anything, as far as this, when it comes to the office, can all be hunky dory. I don't think it's kumbaya and everybody's singing around a campfire, singing you know campfire songs. I think there is some level of strife, and I think there has to be. When you have a situation like this, the organization has to have some sort of differing opinion, don't you think? Well, what what's what's the detail? Is is it is it Rob talking to Rich Paul and Maverick Carter about how he's upset at their client for steering <laughs> them that way? How how does that? I want to know the detail. Not just, oh, there's strife in between. No bleep. No bleep, there's strife. But what strife? Because, I, you know, when everything is nice, are, are, they, are they getting along? Are they all, hey, let's have a beer and let's all, you know, be friends? Is, is it like that when things are good and then when it's bad, do they kind of show their true colors? Now, someone... For, for someone like me who, who, who can sniff out posers and fakes very quickly, we've had that. You know, there's been a, there's been that kind of poserish type thing. You know, Rob kind of started it a little bit with, with some of his press conferences when they, when they uh, I remember when they brought in Coldwell Pope and he's talking about Manos from above. And this is, he, it was like he was saying a sermon. And I'm like, take it easy already. Let's... He just foresaw Anthony <laughs> yeah, Take it easy, okay? And then we know how LeBron talks whenever he's two minutes away from, from basketball. He's always talking about how he wants to go play with Will Chamberlain's corpse or, you know, Bob Lilly from the Dallas Cowboys. If You know, he wants to play with everybody. And... AD is probably the only one that doesn't really talk much. It's probably why I still like AD. He doesn't tend to, when he does talk, there is some, I guess, common sense there still. And then, of course, Jeannie. It's funny how we flip from Jeannie being the first female 
owner to win a championship in a very short amount of time to now she doesn't even know how to work a curling iron. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think we are in a, we're further and further more going into that literal, what have you done for me two seconds ago culture? It used to be five minutes ago. Now it's two seconds. I'm wondering when it's going to be negative eight seconds and beyond. When I think we're looking into this too much, I think I'm going even back and forth because I'm getting manipulated by it sometimes. But I took Sunday off and I've had a chance to really focus a little bit in the last week on on really understanding what's going on here without actually having any information. And the information that I've kind of gathered now that I've kind of really let the season officially go. Before it was like, man, this season stunk and what are we going to do? I've had about a week to go, okay, I've been watching other basketball. I've been watching, you know, some good basketball too. Let me, let me, let me really dig into what really happened this year. Well, let's, let's put it in perspective. Let's, let's f- figure out the root cause. There are little causes here and there, but the root cause. And I think we all know what the root cause was. It's Russell Westbrook. And there's some information to back it up. So I got into a little bit of a discussion on Laker ball with a couple people, mainly one really, who's trying to still steer that it was a LeBron AD missing in action situation. And I'm going, okay, there's some validity to that, but LeBron and AD played less games last year. And we were still ranked number one in the league on defense. And we won nine more games. And the only reason why we didn't probably go all the way was AD getting hurt in game four in the first round. This year, there was no semblance of any kind of organization, any kind of ability to play consistent basketball from quarter one to quarter four. And those guys played more this year. They were terrible with or without. So what do you want me to assess? How do you want me to assess this? And at the, at, at the beginning of it all, let's just, you know, they made a mistake. They all did. They, cha- they championed Westbrook. Rob signed off on it. Jeannie signed off on it because Rob signed off on it. They all screwed up. So sitting there and pointing fingers, it's all their fault. It's all their fault. And Rob is really the only guy that I've seen in an interview that has somewhat taken accountability because he said, I'm the general manager. It's my job. And a real leader will blame themselves, even if it's not directly their fault. That's what a real leader does. And the only thing we need to do next now is... You need to get rid of the core issue. Now you got to really make up for your mistake. If you can't make up for this mistake, you are going to have a problem. And this is not something that can be done at any other time than this summer. Because LeBron James only has technically a year left. And even if he does sign an extension to play two more years... It's still two years. How fast does two years go by? You have to start thinking about how you're going to continue to work with if AD decides to get healthy and stay. How are you going to build a team now for him to be the guy and build around him? It's a lot of stuff, but it's not. 
It's more of get rid of the root cause and then start going little by little to the to, 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 to putting the right players around these guys. And if AD gets hurt, LeBron gets hurt next year, then guys, we have to come to grips that we just are not going to be healthy enough to contend again. And that's 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 it. That's that's all she wrote. Three years is 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 no longer just an anomaly. It's it's going to be a a a, a consistent issue, regardless if somebody's fallen on your leg. I mean, you guys, we talked about this with Andrew Bynum. It, 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 it was in back to back seasons where a player fell into Andrew Bynum's leg, and he was essentially out for the year in both. And God. He was injury prone, guys, regardless if it was a direct action. A lot of guys can't handle a little bit of something and it gets worse. And that's what it seems like with AD. And his last injury had nothing to do with somebody falling on him. That one was a straight up gruesome ankle turn. Yeah. I mean, I've turned my ankle like that maybe twice in my life. But every other turn, let's say the other 50 turns, it was one of those things where I either saved myself by falling. So I wouldn't have all the weight on it or I did sprain it and it hurt for like a month, but I still walked around and still did what I needed to do. It's, it's just a matter of now, can your body handle an 82 game season? LeBron, it's not fair to expect a man that's going to be going into his 20th season, regardless of how amazing and shape he is. You can't expect him to play 82 games. You can't expect him to play 75 games. You can get 65 to 70 out of LeBron and let him be fresh for the playoffs. That's what you have to do. And the only way to do that at this point, guys, is to make sure that your second guy or your 1A is there consistently. And then you have, you know, a good complement of players. Can we get there? We got to find out. Well, we'll see what happens there. Absolutely. But great thoughts from each of these guys. Before you go, Jamie, uh, I know that, we're going to go hit you back up, Joe Sorrell, when it comes to the possibility of, of Jay Wright coming maybe as the Lakers coach. We'll see what happens there. But before you head on out, Jamie, I wanted to go ahead and give some final thoughts on this because, again, this seems to be something you're going to hear, I think, quite a bit over the next weeks and months is still the internal strife that's going on within the organization. I think that there is. I think that if you're a team that has these kind of expectations and falls quite a bit short, like what we will hear in the coming weeks and months about the Brooklyn Nets is that you are going to hear about some type of internal strife in this organization, because it's not like they were the Orlando magic who knew that they were going to be bad, who knew that they're going to be rebuilding and are on a different path than the Lakers. The Lakers simply were very disappointing. And with that usually comes some issues therein. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny when you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets, I, I spent the, you're going to be hearing a lot of that. Yeah, well, I spent the last two years wondering why everybody was so worried about the Brooklyn Nets when I don't think they ever made a conference finals with their big three. Their three, I think their big three played 50 total games together, maybe even fewer than that. Um, and so I, I, I just, I never got it. I never, I never feared the Brooklyn Nets. I never looked at what they did and thought, oh, that's the team to beat. I looked at the teams that won it all and said, those are the teams to beat. Um, so that's the first, but the odd thing about the Nets is they actually seem, pretty kumbaya all things considered everybody's supporting steve nash steve nash didn't get fired everybody's saying that hey you know Kyrie's Kyrie, and he had every right to not play did you for... hear Kyrie in his comments him and uh 
you know, him and KD will be, and not didn't mention Steve Nash, but him and KD will be. But working. KD did. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're all going to work very closely to like rebuild the team, and that's, I mean, that's no different than what Rob's done with LeBron and AD. And you don't see much coming out of ownership that differs. I mean, the only thing was at the beginning of the year where they said, no, Kyrie, you're not going to be a part-time player. And then they had to cave. They had to cave because they were worried about not making the playoffs. And so they caved and then Kyrie played. So he, you know, basically got what he wanted. So everybody's, you know, pretty happy in Brooklyn Netland, it seems like compared to the weird (laughs) drama that constantly surrounds the Lakers. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know what I think. I, if I were to step back and like be like, what is the best thing to happen for the franchise like right now that I think is truly attainable this summer, that will have an extraordinarily positive impact? It's not so much a Russell Westbrook trade, which I think the returns will be meager. But if we can quickly pick a coach, who is our first pick, who takes the job. And like, we are able to like get into the summer with something resembling an identity so that we don't have to develop it in the month between <laughs> who free agency and the and training camp, you know, like the longer our coaching search goes on, the more behind the eight ball, the Lakers put themselves next season and whoever the coach is, if it's Jay, Wright, I, I, I would actually love that. I, I, I don't see it happening, but I would be in favor of that. Whoever the coach is, even if it's Mike D'Antoni, like he's got to, which I think would be a disaster, but he's got to get LeBron and AD and whoever else is on the team to buy into something. What There's got to be an identity. And the Lakers identity this year was blowing it. We blew it in the summer. We blew it in preseason. We blew it all season long. We blew big leads. We blew trade opportunities. Our identity this year was blowing it. And so we got to stop blowing it. We need a different identity. And that starts with the guy who orchestrates and organizes the defense and the offense and all those things. And that's going to be our coach. So whoever that is, however that shakes out, it needs to be a positive. It needs to get next season off on the right foot. If we start off with our fourth pick, like we did with Frank, which worked out well, but not for Frank so much in the end as he was thrown under the bus Then the bus backed up and they realized they wanted to go forward. And so then they drove back over Frank again. And then, then they let him go, you know, poor Frank. But I, I feel like this is all of this chatter about, Oh, there's discord. I mean, that's, that's the Lakers, right? That's what we're watching that unfold in docudrama form in winning time. Uh, or so I'm told, and Jerry West doesn't like it. And so, but that has always been sort of the Lakers modus operandi. And so that to me, isn't wholly unexpected. It's just at this point, kind of like you gotta, it's, it's cool when you're winning, but like when you play, the organization has to take some accountability and I don't feel like they're doing a good job of that. And so if that's how the coaching search is going to go of like, Oh, well, some so-and-so blah, blah, blah. It's going to be bad. We're going to have a bad team. Nobody's going to listen to anybody. LeBron's going to score 30 points a game in a losing effort and uh, we'll be bad again, you know? And I think Joe's right. You know, it starts with, it starts with, and and I think, you know, and Tom was, everybody knows that the healthiest teams do the best and health. I'm not just talking about, you know, your ankles and your ligaments and your bones and your muscles talking about your mental health. I'm talking about your organizational chi, uh, our chi wasn't healthy this year. Our, our karmic, our karmic groove was, 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 was negative good. So those are the things that 
Jeannie can actually do something about even the even if the rabbi want more of a whatever the hell they want out of this experience. I really hate that word. I, well, but you know it's true. There's two of them. You can't just call them the rambuses. Oh, well, hold on, now, before you leave though, JC <laughs> yeah. Connor has a, a solution to that. Okay, he's asking that the Lakers trade the rabbi with <laughs> THT and whatever trade he goes. To. I'm saying THT in a first rounder for Caruso, man. It can get get it done. With well, the rabbi? Caruso needs to stay healthy too towards the end of the year. He doesn't seem to stay healthy. Uh, I mean, he took a, you know, he got a broken hand and an elbow to the he head. He got a concussion I, just now. That's why he didn't play. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I hear you. What I mean, happens he, when you play hard, man? That's what, yeah. what happens when you play hard. I mean, you know, yeah. anyway. But uh, thank, you, thank you for everything. I'll, I'll see you guys later. Uh, you guys are all awesome people out there. Five stars. There you go. Five, Five stars. stars. Five stars indeed, but great to have you here, Jamie. Thank Hopefully you we can see you soon. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford along with Laker Tom and Joe Soro. Joe, I know you've been itching at the bone to go ahead and talk about Jay Wright, who mentioned real briefly in an interview that he might be open to some time in the NBA as a coach. Mm-hmm. That perked your interest. I know Laker Tom and I saw your email to us. So your thoughts, could this actually happen for Jay Wright to the Lakers? Probably not. Unfortunately, probably not. Jay Wright runs a... Personality-wise, demeanor-wise, presence-wise, his system-wise, Jay Wright is more of a pro coach than in terms of great college coaches that I've ever seen. He's he, To me, he reminds me a lot of the basketball version of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he just has an intellect. He has a wherewithal that I just have always respected. Um, I didn't pay attention the first let's say 15 years of his Villanova career, but over the last six, I just became a very big admirer of him and how he, he runs a team. And I'll tell you why I, 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 I enjoy college basketball to a, to a degree because of the passion and the excitement in the crowd and kids and all that, 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 that's, that's where that, that fire comes from. But I'm not a big fan of uh, over team oriented type offenses. I like I like some of the talented guys to have the ability to determine when they should do their thing versus you know you know when when they can do this. Remember this, guys? I was breaking the triangle. I like I like this sometimes when you have talented players because I'm a big. I'm a big supporter of if you have a talented player, you want to use him. There's a reason why Beheim won a title in 03 with Carmelo being there for one year because he actually went away a little bit from the constant flex type offense where everyone is pass, 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 
and then shoot. They let their talent, they let their stud kind of be him a little bit, and they ended up winning it. He ended up winning his one and only national championship. Now, Jay Wright might have had the best team definitely of the century in 2018. I actually wanted him then after that season, but that wasn't going to be something that was probably going to happen, especially with LeBron coming over. And I don't see it happening now, but that's to me what this team needs. They need someone who can start being the image of the team, being the Pat Riley of the team. Yeah. Magic was, was the star with Kareem and worthy and, Amazing role players like Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, and at that time, Bob McAdoo and Jamal Wilkes and all them. But Pat Riley was the taskmaster. And this team doesn't have a taskmaster. LeBron James is going to do his thing. AD is going to do his thing. That's why you need a, a powerful coach to do everything else, to be the mediator between up and down. And, of course, talking to the media, doing that thing as well. And we don't, we don't really have that. Uh, we had a company man. And again, I, I, I like Frank. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach. But there, there's not enough sus- sustainability with a Laker franchise because we don't lose. When we lose, this is what happens. We end up turning into this eating each other and, and trying to figure out why and what and who's to blame and all that instead of just saying, look, we weren't able to make the right calls this last year. Let's let's get on with it and go on with our lives. No, we have to let it fester and let it we talk about Linda Rambis. How, like really? And like it's it's like this reality show crap that I don't want to really listen to. Get a bona fide leader. A head coach is a very important part of a <laughs> If, if, if you if you need to know if, if you need to know that all you got to do is go to Brooklyn and see how they treated Steve Nash. I don't know why they hired Steve, other than to him being a puppet. That's it. I don't know why you go there. I mean, I guess I do. You got a head coaching job, you take it. But he worked with KD. Remember at Golden State, so they had that familiarity. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I don't think that. I mean, KD worked with Steph and Draymond, and how did that work out in the end? Uh, just maybe maybe they, they won championships a, together. Maybe they, they struck up a friendship that turned into something where, hey, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get you a job it, there in Brooklyn. This coaching thing is going to if they're going to hire someone before the draft, it better be someone good. If not, it's it's not going to look good. For the next steps, what they're going to do with getting rid of Westbrook, what they're going to do in terms of getting talent back. That, and of course, if you get that talent, is the talent going to be Haywood? Is it going to be Miles Turner? And these are all guys that are injury pr- prone. Are we going to be back at this next year? Except maybe it not, may, might not be AD, and maybe it might not be LeBron. It might be Miles Turner, it might be Brogdon, it might be Hayward. So, what, what, what they're in a really really tough spot in a really, really tough spot because most of the people that they're going to be able to get at least won't be franchise destroyers, but they might be players that might not be available. And it's one of those things where, again, it would have been the right call if they win, if they don't play and are injured and they end up losing, it's the wrong call. And that's, 
that's just the way life is. You know, if, if, if Pete Carroll just lets Marshawn Lynch run, Brady is one less Super Bowl and one less Super Bowl MVP. And does he stay in New England another three years? Who knows? Life can change off one decision. And it, it can go either way. Sometimes it's not your fault. It's just a matter of chance. So what, what are we going to look forward to now? What do you have control over right now? What you have control over is getting the right coach. That's the control you have right now. Make that right call, and at least you go into the next few years with a real leader, someone who knows what they're doing, and then that will work itself out. It will work itself out. So try to control what you can control. Right now, they control this. As long as it's not Linda making the call. (laughs) That's for sure, indeed. But we've got so much more to talk about on today's program. Once again, it's Joe Sorrow. Jamie Sweet has already said goodbye for the evening, but Laker Tom has been very patient, and I do appreciate him taking allowing Jamie and Joe to go ahead and vent their frustrations out on the organization and also hopeful on Jay Wright as well. But your thoughts on that, Laker Tom, and then I'll hit you up with the Jerry West saga continuing with winning time. But your thoughts on what we've been talking about so far, my friend. You know, I, I, it's, it's been a good discussion, and I, and I pretty much agree with almost everything that Jamie and Joe were saying. I might even put it this way. I think it's very possible that the most important decision the Lakers make this summer is who's going to coach the team. I've always felt coaches make a huge difference, a huge difference. And that's not to say that you can't have a situation where Luke Walton takes over for Steve Kerr and nothing changes, you know, because it's the same organization. It's the same players and, and you're moving along, but I don't, I don't care what level you're talking about, whether it's youth basketball or the NBA coaches make a whole lot of difference. They decide what kind of offense you play, what kind of defense you play. They hopefully either have a a roster that is built for the type of style of play that they want to play, or hopefully they have versatile enough players so that they can, can get their players to do the things that they want to do to be successful. But we we need an identity. We don't have an identity. And I think it's really important that we do because Everything becomes so much simpler when you have, it's like any company has to have a mission. If you know the mission that your company is or your organization has, then every time you come to a serious decision, you'll know which way to go. You'll know which way is the right decision, which one is the wrong decision. Now, I'm pretty encouraged that the Lakers are going to make the right decision on the coach because I think there's several very good candidates out there. And for me, a good candidate is somebody who, number one, has a modern, healthy respect for the game and understanding of the three-point shot and how important it is to have a defense and an offense that's designed to know that people are trying to get layups and dunks and and three-point shots. There's several coaches out there that I think would be interesting ones, and I'd hope to see the Lakers interview them. I think that... um, I think Wright would be a, a terrific coach. I mean, he's he's a guy who runs a very analytics offense. Three-point shots and layups are exactly what he wants on offense. And a lot of his teams, uh, he runs a very simple sets, and basically everybody knows what his players are going to do, and it's a case of execution. 
It's just like the first time you understand that pick and roll cannot be stopped if you run it perfectly, you know, and then he just runs plays like that and he, he trains his players to do it. So he's a great offensive coach. And I think would, and, and there's also been a couple of comments I've read that LeBron has always had a great deal of respect for him. And if there was a college coach that LeBron might approve, it would be Jay Wright. Another guy I think who's interesting is Quinn Snyder. Not only does he have a Laker background, you just can't judge coaches in the fourth or fifth year of running the same continuity, the same team, the same players, the same type of thing. It gets old real fast. And uh, he didn't have the players. So their their team peaked a, two years ago. But I love the fact that they're always been taking the most three-point shots, making the most three-point shots. They're a very efficient uh, coaching situation. I think he's always believed strongly on on rim protection being the anchor for defense, and I still believe that. That's a, a total Frank Vogel principle. I think he's a candidate. I think that because of the way the game is played today, Mike D'Antoni would be a terrific candidate. Mike D'Antoni basically will solve the problem that the Lakers have of spacing. I don't have a doubt in the world that he knows how to do that. I would get a strong defensive coach to help him uh, from the other side of the court, but it really comes down to the general manager. And, you know, Maury did a good job and he made the smart moves because basically you got to give D'Antoni players who can play defense. That's really what it comes down to. And then there's a fourth guy that I like uh, simply because he's a smart coach and he's been in an environment that is that plays the game the way I think the game should be played, which is a balance between making sure your stars get enough shots and making sure that everybody on the offense is a threat. And then that's Mike Brown because he's been on the Warriors. And so he's another player, a coach that I think the Lakers should interview and I would expect them to interview when they're looking for it. So I'm pretty high on the fact that Maybe one of the one of those four guys will end up coaching the Lakers. There are a bunch of coaches I don't want to see coach the Lakers. You know, Kurt Rambis probably is the first and foremost one. I, I sure don't want to see you know any of the guys on the current squad except possibly Phil Handy get an opportunity. I don't like Fizdale at all. Mark Jackson would be a disaster. I don't want any any of those types of broadcaster guys. And when you come down to it, who who else do you have left then that you're looking at for a coach of the Lakers? You know, I think it's important. It could be more important than the players than the trade you get because I everybody everybody who knows me and has read the things that I write basically understands that I believe that the Lakers have multiple options to get rid of Russell Westbrook that will bring back good rotation players, at least two good rotation players from five or six different teams. So the Lakers are going to. And those are trades that are financial trades. So they're not trades involving talent of players. They're trades by the numbers, which means that there's only a few teams that can do those trades that want to do those trades. And so those are easier trades for for Rob Polinka to pull off than complicated trades where he's getting a huge trade exception by trading with the with the, the Thunder and things like that that require four or five syncopated moves, you know, to be done at the same time. These are straight up trades. Hey. We'll trade for these two guys. Here's the offer for a third guy. If you don't like it, take it. We can go out there other ways. We can get a third star. But we just need to get two guys in the trade. So I think that I think that hopefully we'll be lucky. 
And that's what it comes down to. Every just look at what's happening in the league now at the teams that are been eliminated, the, the star players that have been hurt just since the playoffs started and so forth. There's an attrition of teams that are happening on this this third COVID season. And it's going to be lucky. Next year will be the Lakers' best opportunity this decade to win another championship. It could be the Lakers' only opportunity. Wow. Okay. A lot a lot to uh, digest in there. James Borrego just got let go by the Charlotte Hornets. I think he'd be a better option than Mike Brown, that's for sure. Especially because uh, he has more relevant coaching recently than Mike Brown. Mike Brown's been out of the head coaching game for a little bit, but either which way, the candidates are, are yeah, not it's great. It's philosophy that I'm thinking of more, Gerald. I just want to make sure that Frank Vogel was doomed with a lineup. The lineup that we're going to have next year is still going to need more offense than we had two years ago. Um, we just can't have, you know, I mean, they didn't get the right players. It is chemistry because the team just did not gel. And there's a, the, the coach could be a big part of that reason for that, but it's also the players on the team. So it's a combination of things. We'll see what happens there, but yeah, some uh, coaching candidates are out there. Joe, did you have any thoughts as far as it's concerned? Again, Mike Brown, I saw you making some uh, pointed gestures, and I meant the word pointed. So, Joe, when you get your off mute, can you let us know exactly your thoughts on, on what uh, Laker Tom was suggesting uh, on there? Yeah, I was cringing at Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni, to the point where Mark Jackson felt a little okay, just how bad those two are. Now, Felix has the best suggestion of all. He suggested that Laker Tom and Joe be the assistant coaches, although they would probably be the first NBA assistant coaches to have a fight with each other during a game on the sideline. I would never last in a NBA, maybe <laughs> NFL, but not an NBA uh, sideline. How many times can it get thrown out of a game? I wouldn't get thrown out. I'd, I'd be chastising the players for stinking more than I would be yelling at a referee, which that part has become even more obnoxious lately, which is every player. Now it used to be the stars that did it. Now every eighth man, ninth, tenth man are complaining to the ref literally every time they get called for a foul. One of the few things that I did like David Stern doing back in the day was if you were, there was a, there was this one year where he was trying to cut that out a little bit. Uh, unfortunately it didn't last long, but I, I don't I, – I think a little bit of me is saying I, if I had to put money on it, it's if, if Quinn Snyder leaves Utah, that's a, that's a very big possibility, probably the most likely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to get what I want. I know that for sure. After, after Quinn, I'm scared. I'm scared. I, I'm hoping it's someone that's a really good assistant – that's been taught by a really good coach so that we can get some fresh stuff here. I, I don't want rehashed guys. There's no we need one a leader. There. We need a leader, though. We need somebody who, who has the charisma and the philosophy and, and who knows what he wants to do exactly. You don't want somebody who, you know, it's got to be a coach. There's two kinds of coaches. There's system coaches. They basically have to have their kind of players in order to win, okay? Because they need players who can implement their defensive and offensive systems. And then there's coaches who are basically philosophy coaches. They basically, you know, 
Dan Dan Tony is a perfect example. You know, you you know you're going to play small and you're going to run a lot and you're going to shoot threes and he doesn't want you shooting any twos. The, 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 yeah, there there's no so, way. You know, so we need a coach. We need a coach though who is going to set the identity. That's what we were talking about. The that I think is really important. So it can't be a milk toast rehabbed version of a coach that was assistant for 25 years. And it's got to be somebody who's got some fire who obviously LeBron and AD would respect and, and accept the leadership from. So there's a certain part of that, 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 you know, that's what I'm looking for. And every coach that, 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 that I'm, that we're going to be looking at is just, is this a guy who can fire up the team? Because that wasn't Vogel. Vogel wasn't a guy who motivated the team with stick or with praise. He was a straight shooter you know, always complimentary company man all the way down the line, you know, and you could count on him never to throw anybody under the bus. And frankly, at some point in time, the team didn't understand and didn't listen anymore when he commanded that they do things. Now, they did two years ago. You know, when Frank said, die for that ball, they dove. And when he said, rotate like that, they rotated. But this group of guys didn't. I think they want Nick Nurse, but I'd love Nick Nurse. I, I should, but they're not. Him. They're they're probably trying to figure out something. Yeah, I don't want to give a draft pick for him, though. That's right. Have but to. but yeah. he might be more important. He might be more important than who we draft, than who we trade for. At least at the moment, yes. But there's two things that have to happen here. In my well, there's three things for this next season, the 2022. 23 season for this for it to be successful it has to be a championship right yeah we can't if we bow out in the western it's Conference our best finals, chance this decade because the chances are gonna the odds are gonna go down the following so year we're, we're we're playing with three really difficult things right now and actually the least difficult would is going to be trading westbrook between the so. other two which is the other two are are we going to pick the right coach and are and are our stars going to be healthy enough next year to play throughout the whole year so that's and a lot of that could be dependent upon who we pick there's a lot of things here so many things the one thing we have control over which is the coaching choosing the coach that is the one thing we have 100% control over the next thing is Westbrook in trading him for something that's not going to debilitate your team in the next five years. And then of course the wild card and all the other, the first two can work out, but if the third one doesn't work out, we're, 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 we're in trouble either way. So we have to go into this next season. What we did last year. And I remember what I was saying on the show before we, I gave credit to Rob and the organization for, putting in the work to getting the team at that time when I thought in, in, in the best position to win, they, they did what they could, but they were all wrong decisions. We didn't know until later. They at least tried and they failed. That's what it is. In this case, it's, it's similar, but I, again, we're, we're still looking at depending on a, what will be a 38 year old LeBron and, and a, and Anthony Davis, who is, probably one more injury plague season away from going out of his prime, which is just totally depressing to me for a 29 year old with his skill set. 
It's 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 we have to be prepared, guys, uh, in the next six months to eight months, possibly a year, and understanding that no matter what they do here, it might not do anything for us next year. So we have to think a little bit ahead here. I'm all about living in the moment. I'm all about trying to get as many titles with LeBron and AD, but you, you, there's got to be a little bit of a balance. And again, the first thing has to be that leader. You have to pick the right guy. And if they were to give up a draft pick for Nick Nurse, that would probably show that they're like, look, we're going to plan for the future a little bit. knowing, And at that point, it's probably going to be LeBron's last year. And then... Let's let's try to it would bring. Be a good, it would be a good sign if they did it. And, and here's here's the difference between Nick Nurse in L.A. versus Nick Nurse in Toronto. Besides the pressure, obviously, but I think Nick Nurse can handle the pressure. Yeah, is that Nick is not getting any superstars going to Toronto? Right. They have to either be traded there, or you have to somehow have a Van Fleet or a Siakam that develop into a, a star. Um, and even those guys are not technically the kind of stars that we're used to, like an AD or a LeBron. So if Nick Nurse is going to L.A., let's say, if they invest in that and they take a little risk in giving up some some property for it, some future property, well, then you're going to know that they're going to let him be the leader and let him do his thing. And then it's a lot easier to get a superstar in two or three years in L.A. than it would be in Toronto. And we saw what happened the last time he got a superstar. He won a title. So there's a, it's a lot of stuff, guys. It's, 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 we're going to, you know, I, I was told by a friend of mine that the Lakers season is over. As a matter of fact, he's listening to the show now and I'm telling him to his, to his face. Now there is no off season when you're a Laker fan or this a Laker organization. Okay. Absolutely. The, the, we Laker off season is got higher ratings than clinching games in the playoffs. That's just the way it is guys. Lakers are, Top three, all top three on this planet when it comes to sports organizations. People live and die for this team. So we've got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff that's going to develop within the next year, month and a half to two months. And then, of course, the, the best free, agents, free agency period in all of sports is, is the NBA. And it's probably as entertaining as, as the regular season. That's how good it is during July. I... I I'm, I'm hoping and praying that everything kind of gets done in, in, in good spirits and good ways all the way through. But then it, we still have to wait till next year to see if these guys can actually execute it. But we will be here reporting on it and talking about it throughout the summer right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford. Before we head on out, Laker Tom has been eyeing what's going on, and so has Joe Sorrell in regards to – Mr. Jerry West and his continuing fight against the folks at HBO's winning time. We've been talking about it here on a weekly basis about all the different episodes and the portrayal of Jerry West, how it has angered quite a few, the portrayal of Chick Hearn, how it has angered quite a few, the portrayal of Paul Westhead, how it has angered me because it's angered me quite a bit, but Jerry West seems to be the one that's gotten the most publicity. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been very upset about his portrayal, and it goes on and on. Magic Johnson, you know, he said first that he didn't see it, and now that he's in interviews, it's also saying that he, you know, that's not the truth. 
Well, if you haven't seen it, how do you know it's not the truth? We know if you're watching it as Lakers fans that they're embellishing quite a bit and they're expanding the layer of truth on there on several instances. Joe and I have talked about it. Laker Tom and I have talked about it. So we know that they're stretching the truth at, at um, very much so. But they're doing it with the guise of dramatization and satire. I so- will say this. I will say this. The one scene that I, I, I have to agree 100% in is Kareem telling that kid to F off. I would have been mad at that if that didn't happen. That part, that's messed up. Telling the kid to go F off and it didn't happen. I, I don't blame Kareem a, a bit. <laughs> and he, he, he didn't even look like he was mad. He's just like, I didn't say that. I think that that part, I would I, I definitely am with. Um, as far as Jerry West, this is one of those situations, guys, that I, I preach regularly in my life. Okay, Sometimes in life, both are wrong. Both parties are wrong at the same time. Sometimes both parties are right. HBO is right in that they're developing this character for entertainment purposes. And Jerry is right in feeling angry that that's not me. And Gary Vitti, who I trust when it comes to this kind of stuff, probably more than most from the Laker organization, you knew it was legit because Gary's like, I'm not taking any money from this thing. If you guys are going to portray Jerry like that, Jerry was not like that. Jerry was more of an introvert who was battling depression and inner turmoil, you know, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, guys, and I've said this before, that does not translate unless, of course, it's a kind of like an ongoing movie or, you know, it, it's hard to have 20 characters and then you, you got to fit everybody in that 45, 50 minutes. It's, it's, guys, if you know anything about making a movie or making TV – you have to understand that, that there's, a, there's, a, there's a system that you have to kind of follow to make sure that you have a entertaining product. The entertaining product with Jerry isn't him sitting in a, in a – it wouldn't entertain anybody if he's sitting in there just looking at his trophy. I'm sorry, guys, it wouldn't. But him throwing it out the window, that's entertaining. And I wish someone would explain that to him. Maybe him crawling in, in a fetal position in his underwear, maybe that I validate. But I thought that was funny. I've been in a dark room before, upset. Maybe not in my tidy whities I don't wear that kind of stuff. I was just going to say that. The point is, who's going to watch this and say, oh, my God, Jerry, now my opinions have changed about him. He's terrible. Who's actually saying that? And whoever actually thinks that, who cares? They're dumb. I mean, really? I like Jerry, and I thought that last scene in the last episode was Jerry. He came in. And he, it was almost like, I think someone had mentioned, it was almost like Yoda coming to talk to Luke because they had talked about Star Wars and how Magic wanted to be a Jedi and how Larry Bird was Darth Vader, which I thought was a great correlation, by the way. That was perfect. And, hey, here you go, Magic. This is your, this is your, this is your destiny. God, it's a, it's a good show. It's a good show. And it says, it's embellished. They, they put it in big writing. Usually they don't do that. It's it's in big writing. Enjoy it. Laugh about it. Jerry, you're 83 years old. Is it going to really matter when, you, when you're up in heaven in, in the next five to ten years, hopefully longer? You know, come on. Come on. 
Come on. What difference does it make? <laughs> well, maybe it's because it's not me, right? I don't know. I wouldn't care. Honestly, I wouldn't care. Tom, any thoughts on this? Well, I think that the differences we talked about before is that it's not a it's not a documentary. It's a it's entertainment. And uh and frankly, you know, it's it's just funny. I I think you have to look at the whole show, and I think when we finish looking at the whole show, that you're going to get a different impression. The final, the way the show ends is going to be, I think, affect a lot of the people's opinions of Jerry West and so forth. And I, I, I frankly think that, listen, every single person that I know closely has had personal situations very similar to Jerry West's sitting in the car and going crazy. I mean, I, I, I've just seen that and just watching friends watch games and so forth and, and just how people react and just all the personal turmoil that people have in their lives and the fights that you've had with your wives and girlfriends and whatever. We've all done things that, man, I hope nobody ever sees the light of day, sees any of that stuff. But I think that what showed in, in Jerry, Jerry West to me, was even bigger hero as a result of the show because i think what the outlandish the outlandish caring about winning that the guy had was a reason he was so great and he was just showing all of these various things that are just they're just they're glimpses into the soul of a guy who just loved basketball and just that was the most important thing in his whole life was basketball it brought him it torment out of family torment it was basketball that saved him it was basketball that got him in his career it was basketball that gave him the opportunities to do all of the things in his life and and it is that anger that's comprised in there that that he just cares so much and he's so concerned about it but you see the moves that he the things that he talks about as he sat down with magic and told him that you know that hey this you've got to you've got to grip this you've got to get a hold of this because you have to play you have to be the superstar on this team and you're going to have to do that. And you're talking about why he didn't like him because he was happy all the time. And he could see that Magic understood that. And and this is Jerry West being a mentor and reaching, reaching down to Magic in that first year at crucial times. And I think we're going to see more of those moments as the Lakers win more games and as they win the championship to end the year. And at that point in time, Jerry, it's just, you know, it's just a tribute to your greatness, man. That's all it is. Don't sweat it, man. They, they were talking about this. They were talking about this with with uh, the last dance. Are we gonna dislike Michael Jordan now because he was such a tyrant? I'm sorry, uh, and maybe maybe if you're one of those people who's you know thirteenth that has a thirteenth place trophy on their wall, you remember that? You know, well, okay. Anyways. <laughs> I like Michael Jordan. I love Jerry West. And after their documentaries, which is this is somewhat of a satire documentary, I love them more. I love Chick more too. I already kind of knew Chick was kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah, you knew Chick was like you that. You knew Chick, Chick was a jerk. And every so often, Chick would go off on yeah, people. Yeah, no, you knew. You knew. Totally it, unfair, you know. Exactly. I, I, Lakers Live was, was a was it was it was a. I didn't listen to Laker Live to listen to people talk about the Lakers. I was always listening to hear Chick lambaste somebody. That was the entertainment there. So, so you, so you don't think it makes them look bad when Jerry not. West talks 
to no. his trophy. He's having a conversation to his trophy, his no. MVP trophy. And and maybe maybe it's and because, it's talking back to him. And maybe I, maybe I've done that before. It, maybe it's a personality thing between okay. let's say Tom and I. Maybe Tom and I share the same personalities they have there. I don't talk to my bowling trophies. I'll just well, there's an obsessive personality situation here, right? And and sometimes you can get you can get into that zone where you're, you're, you're focused on a job. You're focused. Well, don't on, you talk to yourself all the time, Joe? In I my talk mind, to all the time. In my mind, I'm talking all the time. As a matter yeah. of fact, I, I always say when my, my, when my wife and my kids go to school, let's say around eight 30, they're all out of the house. There's a time between maybe eight 30 and maybe by lunch. And sometimes even beyond lunch where I won't say a word to anyone. I'll do, I'll conduct my business. I'll go to my warehouse look at some inventory. I'll, I'll be texting, talk, you know, t- I'll be talking through text, emails, things like that, but not actually voicing anything for four or five hours. And a lot of times I'll forget to turn music on in the truck. So my mind is always working. It's always thinking, it's always plotting. It's always trying to figure out a way to better something that I'm doing. So you're talking about a sport now, not just some, you know, inventory or some revenue sharing or, or revenue versus cost stuff that's boring. This is sports. This is ego. This is males. This is testosterone. This is a completely different, this is pride. This is everything. And, and, and the last kind of gladiator-like forum for people, which is football, basketball, baseball, sports, to where you can... You, where you probably have to be a little psycho to really get to where you want to go to. You have to be. I don't know anyone that's been great that isn't a little quirky. And we're, we're seeing that even with someone who was as pleasant and as good and as nice as Magic Johnson. They keep saying there were two personalities. And it makes sense because Magic Johnson was an, as, as obsessed to winning as Larry Bird was and as Michael Jordan were. And if you have that uh, obsessive personality, you're, you're probably going to connect more with someone like a Jerry West or someone like a Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn announced over 3,000 straight games, guys. That's another guy that has that mentality. I mean, come on. This is why, – why are we Laker fans? Why are we Laker fans, Tom? Because yeah. that's who they are. That's who we are. They're the extension of us. They just have more – ability they have more athletic ability they have more executive ability in that forum to be what they are and then on top of that we've watched how many wins how many championships i know as an adult as a as an adolescent or as an adult as an adolescent and as an adult someone who in 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 a place where i understood and was focused and understood what was going on i've seen six world championships you've seen 11 i mean we're spoiled. We are spoiled because yep. you're lucky if you get one. And yep. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not gonna. Apo- I'm not gonna apologize for liking what I'm watching, even if it's a little embellished. And I, I, I think it's better to always see people who they are. I'm, I'm, I, we're all different, guys. A lot of us are. We're gonna deliver things a certain way. And if it, if it bothers societal's rules, if it bothers, you know, people's feelings, uh, well, um, get over it. One of the things I do want to ask you, did you get a chance to see They Call Me Magic? Uh, I saw it over the I weekend. Did. 
I did. I, I just finished I, uh, the last episode about three hours ago. It's straight by the numbers. It it shows magic and obviously the light he wants you to see. It, it It's something, again, as someone who doesn't know or isn't familiar with magic but wants to learn more about Magic Johnson's history, great thing as far as you can check out. But if you're looking as far as both sides of the coin, as far as, you know, whatever things that you're trying to look for, as far as some of the things that they're alluding to in winning time, no, it's not going to really allude to much. You're not going to really get much of that. This is a Magic Johnson stamp of approval by the numbers documentary. And again, for that purpose, it does its job very well. Joe, your thoughts on it before we go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs? Being a Laker fan, a lot of the things that you hear, that, that, that the documentaries, there's news stories that, have come, that are coming out, it, it, 99, 95% of the time I already know about. What I liked about his, the documentary, what I liked about this particular documentary was it really went into what happened before he announced. And it, was, it brought back a lot of bad memories of that time. Um, and it was a, at that time in my life, I was shoot November 7th. I, I remember November 7th, 1991, more than I remember other dates like Columbine and all these places. I mean, I, I, all these tragic things and it's sad, but magic was my guy magic. And I, I got the tail end of magic. I didn't get, I got MVP magic to a degree. Like I got him in 1991. That's when I really started understanding and watching. And we were all in the same mindset of we thought he was going to be gone. That was as tragic as I've, I've really cried for only two people that I've never met in my life. Really. Uh, and that's magic. And that's Kobe. And they're both Lakers cookie waiting for the results. Like I was, I was just like, Oh God, could you imagine being in that position? And, and then towards the end, it, it, the way magic, transitioned from basketball to his business side of things. And me being one of those people at the Starbucks off Adams Avenue in national city, San Diego, one of the few places he opened a Starbucks there in the inner city. I saw with my own eyes, him making those presentations. I had a chance to stand in line and and go and meet him and take a picture with him and shake his hand and I've told you guys this, he looked you in the eye, one of the greatest smiles you'll ever see in your life. That man is pure goodness. And it was a nice four-hour looking into a man that people admire, him accepting what's going on, what happened with his son, uh, which it, it would have almost been the same thing with me. I mean, he, it was on, on, on the dot, like how I would have probably reacted. But at the end of the day, it's still a son, you know. That was a very beautiful thing to watch. It really was. It was, it was just they ended it well with the way they they transitioned from basketball, from him beating this thing, and then you know being magic. I mean, he's magic. He's 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 a he's a bright light, in a, a, no matter how dark it is around you. He's just. He's I, I do like light. the way that they talked about how his son came out as gay and how he handled it and didn't handle it correctly at first and how he's more embracing and loving, uh, you know, as, as time went on and he began to understand and and see things through the eyes of his son. And I love that part of it. I think that for me was the best part of the four episodes there, but you're right. The stuff that went into the decision that we made is before he announced uh, 
that was uh, some things that are that were some of the few things that we really didn't know about otherwise again like you said everything else you know virtually everything else that was put into the documentary was pretty much any longtime lakers fans know but if you are a new lakers fan or if you're not familiar with magic to the extent that you'd like to be this is a great way to go ahead and again buy the numbers documentary it's not exactly going out of its way to do anything that magic doesn't want you to see but again it does does help you give a better idea of the life of magic johnson and that's what it's all about but felix i tell you what you've been great on the chat same thing as far as alan you guys have been awesome so much appreciate everything that you guys have been saying all throughout and jc great comments as well alan again like i said truly appreciate your time and watching us but before we head on out laker tom want to go ahead before we head on out my friend Will the Nets, Bulls, and Hawks, now that they've been eliminated, and maybe the Nuggets, we're not sure because it's right down to the wire with about two minutes left in that game, will any of those teams now be added to the Laker-Tom trade list? Probably not. Really? I would love some of that young talent on the back end of Brooklyn because, you know, Cam Thomas is a shooter. Just can't get enough, they can't put enough dollars together. Oh, to, yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, they would yeah I mean, play. I you know – been got a couple of players that I'd love to have, but they don't make any money, you know? You know, it's funny, you know, the thing, I'll leave you with the last sort of observation that I've had from watching watching the play-in tournament and the playoffs and the last, the way that the season has come around. There's something about a changing of the guard happening and happening right now. Because think about it. Anthony Davis... LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all four of those guys really struggled at various times to play at the level that they're used to being, that we're used to seeing them play. Whether it's because of injuries or circumstances of not having, you know, played a whole season like Kyrie or something, but man, they weren't the superstars that dominated. They weren't the superstars that dominated and won championships. At least three of, I mean, they all have won championships here. But, you know, it, and then I look at the young players coming along, the way you're watching, watching Luca and watching, watching Ja and, and just watching, you know, some of these kids. The young players are getting better and they're getting better faster. And the old stars, I don't know, you know, I mean, I didn't feel like LeBron, you know, to think that 18 months ago, we won a national, we won a cha- an NBA championship with LeBron and AD playing the best basketball of their careers. And 18 months later, I have a little bit of a doubt in my mind of whether they could do it again. That seems to me unfair and un- unloyal, but, but it's there because of the injuries and because Man, because it's just the competition is getting better. The competition is getting tougher. This is, next year is going to be, next year could be our only chance in this entire decade. I would say yes when it comes to LeBron, but I was expecting AD's part of that young crew. Well, we expected AD by now to have taken the baton from LeBron. That's but I think I, I think I think what we also have to factor in too is and we've we've obviously seen a mental situation with both KD and Kyrie. 
there's there's a mental I don't know if the word issue is the right road in terms of basketball. There's a mental issue with those guys in that they've been affected by something. Kyrie, he's affected by distraction outside his, his, his values, whatever it is, his principles, which well, is neither one as neither one and neither has one as the number one player. Okay. KD has not, I'm sorry, guys. I remember KD up until 2017. Okay. I don't remember KD for the first 10 years, uh, 10 seasons. I don't remember him making a peep. I don't remember one negative thing about him. He was too cool for school. And then when he went to the Golden State Warriors and won there, he got the backlash from taking the easy route, and he was scarred for life. He is ornery. He, he turned into Larry Bird the last seven years. He turned into Larry Bird, uh, six years, I should say. And, and, and But Larry Bird, the difference between Larry Bird is that's his personality. It's, it wasn't because of some something that happened to him. KD was affected by the fact that deep down he feels like his titles are not validated. And in some cases, there's, there's some truth to that because he joined three All-Stars, three feature All-of-Famers in their prime. And he was kind of like the fourth guy that came in and yeah, he might have been one one A, but when you look at the the, the details of it, it, it was kind of the easy way to go to win titles. And he has not recovered from that. Kyrie is again; he's. I think Kyrie plays because he can play, but I think if if he had a real, if he could make the money he's making in the NBA, he probably would have done something else. Then you look at LeBron. LeBron, to some degree, handles the pressure. He can handle the day to day. He's he's wired for it, but at the same time, I think. I don't know if I don't know if he can internalize the negative and really use it as fuel. I think the negative typically will be it's kind of a 50-50. It works sometimes, it doesn't. And then AD, AD, I wouldn't be surprised after winning the championship, kind of relaxed, kind of turned into the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, that kind of thing. And I'm using them as an example all the time lately as a team that won a title yet. They're just still living off that one title. And there's plenty of teams that do it all the time, but uh, that one seems to be the most recent one that I use. The pressure in L.A. with social media and and second-by-second commentary, people like us online, it's a 100 of us now, a 1,000 of us now that are commenting on it, that all starts to – it's getting worse. It used to be just media. Now it's – a billion people out there criticizing you, making memes about you, sending memes with memes on them and saying really insulting stuff. And these guys are all into that. They can't turn it off. They can't just ignore it. And you got to admit though, that Twitter was actually hilarious. As I showed you guys, and I told you guys when the iron Sheik is going off on you, you know, that's kind of funny. That was just kind of, well, iron Sheik is a, is a funny buffoon. Uh, if you let that guy affect you, I guess, especially with the life he's lived. Yeah. If you let somebody like that affect you, I guess it, 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 you're, you've got worse problems than, 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 than you think. The, the pressure, the, the era of, the era of a Kobe, a Shaq, uh, Jordan, those guys that are just dominant and just, they just keep dominating, dominating, dominating Tim Duncan. I don't know if we're going to have that again at least not in the near future i think we're going to start having 
a team parody. here, a team there. Superstar parody. And it, this could be what the NBA wants. At this point, who's going to win the title? I'm scared right now, guys. You guys are sitting there yeah, and happy that the Nets are out. I'm not. I am not happy the Nets are out Celtics. because I'm worried about the Celtics now. Because yeah. if they weren't wearing those turd green jerseys, I would love this team. I would love and I kind of still do. But if they win a title, it, it would make this season even worse. Because now we're, we have to get two more to pass them now again. And that is depressing to me. So something's got to happen. Booker needs to get healthy. Because I, I think I got a really, really weird feeling that I think Boston's going to get to the finals. And the only team that can probably beat them is Phoenix if they're healthy. Like Alan said earlier, don't sleep on the Heat. They they're playing very well as well. So we'll see what happens there. But well, I hope the Heat beat the Celtics. That's well, for sure. Well, I'd rather have see. the Heat win. I'd rather have the Heat win. That, that that's basically Lakers South, anyways. Well, let me just go ahead and give everybody a breakdown. Then I've got a question for you guys before we head on out, and that is just want to let you know that right now we've got Boston won their series, Milwaukee won their series. We have, again, uh, Milwaukee beating Chicago in their series, Boston beating Brooklyn over there in their series, Miami beat Atlanta in five games. You have also as well on the West Coast, you've got Golden State as right now just finishing up beating Denver. They pulled away due to the heroics of Gary Payton II. So that's great to see a guy who the Lakers had uh, as a filler guy at the back end of the roster has developed his game and become an important part of the run for the Golden State Warriors. So that's great to see. You also have right now going on in the Western Conference, Phoenix leading three to two, Dallas leading three to two, Memphis leading three to two, and Philadelphia back in the East leading three to two. So the final thing I will ask you guys before we head on out is any of these series that are right now three games to two, are any of them going seven? And is the underdog finally going to break the deal and actually end one of the series? Like, for instance, Toronto, which has a chance to become the first team ever to come back from a 3-0 lead. Laker, Tom, is there any of these teams that are currently down three games to two that you see actually winning the series? No. Not even Philadelphia and Toronto? No. Okay. Gonna play the odds. I would that's smart. I would play the odds on that 170 something to zero. I would I would I'd agree on that. Joe, any thoughts on any uh three games to two leagues? If, if I if I had to choose, I'd say Utah comes back and wins in seven. Mm-hmm. As far as the other three series, I see Phoenix closing the Pelicans out, and then Philadelphia closing out Toronto and Memphis closing out the Timberwolves. Yep, the feisty Timberwolves. You know what, Powell, if Powell hits those two foul shots, the, the series is already over for Dallas. And that was just, you know, their own fault that they let let that happen in that Utah game at Utah. So we'll see what happens there. But some great playoffs still come, hopefully this weekend, as we go ahead and continue to update you on the NBA playoffs. If you have thoughts on the NBA playoffs, please let us know, or anything going on in the world of Lakers and Lakerland indeed. Please let us know or anything that we'd say on the show. Please, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you even like the show, I'm sure you're watching right now and listening right now. You probably already do, so we truly appreciate it. But before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and, and ask what you guys are up to at LakersBall.com and Lakerholics.com. Joe, what's the conversation like at LakersBall.com? It's not as active as it is during the regular season, but there's 
more talk about Westbrook and how the, the argument today was about we had a couple we had a Yahoo on there that that keeps thinking that Westbrook wasn't the problem. It was more LeBron and AD not playing. Just I don't I don't know where that I don't know where that thinking comes from. Uh, I think the napalm was Westbrook, and then the shrapnel was everything else. We're a little bit more understanding in, in, in most of our discussions, even if it's something we don't want to hear. Probably one of the reasons why I love the site. I'm not as politically correct. Not in terms of politics, just PC in terms of my verbiage. So I have witnessed. And they, they understand that. And again, I try not to involve dumb things into the discussion. It's about sports. It's about the Lakers. It's just, you you know, I, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I, I, I like to be real. Uh, I think there's too much fake out there, and I'm tired of, I'm, I'm tired of it. As old, as old, as I get older, and I just don't want to deal with it. Uh, I'll be real, and sometimes being real is, is offensive to most. And if you've got a problem with it, tough. There, it, it's, it's understood because it comes from some a good place. Most of the talk this week has been about Elon Musk, actually. Not on Lakers ball, but just in general. I've, I've been in and out of social media here and there. Um, but Elon Musk seems to have taken the, the reins on everything. I, I don't even really see a lot of talk about basketball. <laughs> well, I sure did on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me, the Elon Musk or whatever he's going to Yeah, call it. yeah. So I don't know if people's focus is on something else besides basketball. I do know that. I think they said the first week of the playoffs were highest ratings in a while. Yeah. I know there's a couple of things that factor into that, which is the fact that we've gone through the last two years with the pandemic. And now it's like the, really the first year where you're, you're getting people to kind of live a normal life. I think that probably plays a factor. And then again, it could, could be something where a lot of the no name teams are, attracting people that want to see something different. I thought J- Ja Morant's dunk last night might've been the greatest in-game dunk I've ever seen. That was a really good. And, one. I, and that's, that's me watching a video of Dr. Jake cuffing over Michael Cooper. That dunk was the dunk that Shannon Brown missed a few years back. Was that the, Oh, rock the baby to sleep one. I don't know what they called it, but he, he jumped with two feet from the dotted line with a guy under him. And it looked like he almost went over the rim. Oh, I was talking about the Dr. J. Oh, the Dr. J's. I don't know what they called it. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was the Rock the Baby to Sleep one. That yeah, Rock the Baby to Sleep. That was yeah. it, it from. I wasn't old enough to remember that or watch it live. That is the. That was the best dunk, I think, in-game dunk that I had seen. Yeah, I saw it, Jaws last night. Yeah, and, and, in terms of in, in terms of the magnitude of the game, too. Yeah. Uh, because obviously Vince Carter had a few and. I remember Dwayne Wade uh, dunked over uh, Vera Zhao. Yeah, but Minnesota, I know they got a tough break on one occasion with the refs, but Minnesota made some mistakes. Again, they're just well, not a very smart Carl player. Anthony Towns, as talented as he is, is sometimes really dumb, really just not thinking. Yeah, Barkley's having a field day. Yeah, well, I call him broken clock. He's a Charles broken clock Barkley. Don't do this when there's nine minutes left. Yeah. Come on. Or or down to the you know like oh like he's don't, too small for me don't yeah, do Beverly, this. yeah don't don't do this you, yeah. you, first of all you're you're Carl Anthony Towns you, and you play for the Minnesota Timberwolves and you've yeah. won nothing yeah so don't 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 do this Wait, if you want to do this do this and make sure you win the game I'll give you that 
but at least do this when you're up 10 with a minute left. At least do that. Laker Tom, what you got going on at Lakerholics.com? I know Jamie just put on an article recently talking about trade proposals on his five things section. I do want to give him big props on that. A lot of people liked it and enjoyed it. But what you working on at Lakerholics.com? I've got two or three articles that, that I'm in the process of writing, uh, looking at the various trades and, and the different sets of two or three players that the Lakers can get from different trades and so forth, and which ones seem logical, which ones seem to fit better. Um, you know, there's a there's sort of a there's been a lot of talk about what is the logical path for the Lakers to to trade Russell Westbrook, and the, probably the simplest trade is trading Westbrook and a and a draft pick for for either Brogdon and Brogdon and the Heald from the Pacers or Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier from the Hornets. Those are probably the logical trades for Westbrook. That leaves you with if you can expand those trades to include a third person like Miles Turner or a third person like PJ Washington, that would be terrific. But if other if you can't, then your alternative is to look with Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and uh, see what you can get with in the other draft pick and see what you can get with that. And that may be able to get you, let's say, you could probably get a sign and trade with uh, somebody like TJ Warren. Um, you could get somebody like a sign and trade. This isn't even another sign and trade. You might be able to, you, you might be able to trade for Cam Reddish. The Knicks gave a draft pick for him. The guy I like is Michael Porter Jr., it's very possible that the Lakers may elect to, they have a decision to make with Malik Monk, which is a tough decision. Do they want to, they could, they could hard, they could hard cap themselves so that they could offer the full $10.2 million MLE. And that's what they would need to land Malik Monk. Cause if they can't do that, he's going to be gone to a team for $6 million. The other option that they have is, do they want to spend that much money on a undersized guard who can't defend really when they need a small forward? And so then the question is, you can go after free agent small forwards with your $10.2 million MLE. And that's where you could go after guys like, uh, like TJ Warren or, or like, the, like Michael Porter Jr. I don't think that's enough for you to get Jeremy Grant. But you'll be able to get somebody to fit in there to be that third starter that you need to go along with, let's say, Heald and Brogdon. So I think there's a good there's a good pathway for the Lakers to build up their starting lineup. And we've got enough guys left over that used to be starters at various points during the season that would be excellent coming off the bench next year. So I'm looking you, forward to a good a good summer. Are you talking about Terry Porter? Or are you talking about MPJ? Michael Mark Porter. Porter Michael Porter. Michael Porter Jr. You know his his contract kicks in in next year at twenty nine million, and he's got a bad back. I didn't know that he had resigned. Really? Yeah, he's been signed to an extension for he, the max. Well, I don't know if it was an almost max type of situation. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was early in the year. Yeah, twenty nine hmm. is next year. Then it they goes got up hurt. To, yeah, and then yeah, exactly, and it goes up to in the last year of his contract, thirty nine million. Yeah, it's a five year. Really? And it's, wow. And it's, yeah, he ain't cheap. So yeah, I think you need to scratch that one off your list. I'm just like, is he talking about the same Michael Porter Jr.? Hmm. That's yeah, that's that's yeah, did not. But again, you got to go ahead and check out Laker Tom's latest article to find out exactly what are some of the other prospects that he could be looking at. 
at Lakerholics.com. Guys, it's been a great conversation, a little bit overkill for us, but you know what? We're only doing two a week right now, so you know that's pretty good for us. Again, we're bundling it all up for everyone in some nice, supersized episodes right now for you. So if you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. He is up there. Auto Porter, sorry. Auto Porter, Jimmy. Yes, a guy who I said last year the Lakers should sign, but now he's going to be more expensive now that he's playing well for the Golden State Warriors. Yes. But Ox1947, he is JoeSorrow5 on Twitter. And Laker Tom is at Laker Tom on Twitter as well. But we truly appreciate you watching and listening. Great comments on the Facebook chat today. Cannot thank you enough for watching and listening. Truly appreciate all the YouTube love out there. We're getting more more subscribers, getting more people liking on Facebook as well. So please continue to go ahead and check us out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.